Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. What is up, football fans? This is Danny Austin. This is the live from the 55 podcast. We are here on Wednesday, August 2nd. You will be listening to this on the morning of Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Uh, Middle of a busy, fun week for the CFL. I'm here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm here in our Myrtle Loop studio, the Nation Network. I've got Ryan Ballantyne from Three Down Nation. We are going to have a big chat, a sort of state of the union, not only of the Calgary Stampeders, but probably a little bit of the CFL in general. But I will also say we're I think we're going to try to stay focused a little bit on the West Division. I don't know that, though. I haven't talked to him yet. We're going to see where the conversation goes. Lots of different places. Lots of interesting storylines in the CFL, um, including, I got to say, I mean, why would we focus only on the West? Last week here, we had a, a big conversation about whether has the East closed the gap? Has the East potentially past the West as sort of the center of power here in the CFL. This is something that I feel like has been talked about in the off season over and over again for the last couple years and never really materializes. Ultimately, you sort of always have those kind of those powerhouses at the top of the West that, that maintain uh, their place. And it's just a couple of teams have slipped. Obviously the Edmonton Elks are a complete tire fire disaster, not a team that any of us, are, are rooting to see fail any more than they already have, but you know, they're bottom of the barrel um, bottom feeders. They're the worst team in the league by a long distance. makes me very sad. I've talked about that before, but then obviously uh, the Calgary St. Peter's are two and five right now. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not far ahead of them. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that looking at the riders, I think they're in anything better of a position than the St. Peter's. They just, honestly, they happen to have one more. So they're three and four, stands for two and five, Elks are 0 and eight. And then you look up there in the east, and the Owls are three and three, the Tie Cats are three and four, the Red Blacks are three and four. I think you can make an argument that there's four good teams there in the east. I wouldn't say four good teams, but four decent teams to sort of two really good Western teams in the Lions and Bombers. Uh, and, and the CFL sent out this email following up on what we talked about on Live from the 55 last week. You know, the East teams have won their last five interdivisional games and eight of the last 10 against the West. So, I mean, that does tell you something. I know that a lot of us are sort of expecting the West division teams to heat up in the back half of, of the season. But right now we're talking about right now, eight of the last 10, the East is one against the West, uh, Toronto and Ottawa are combined six and one against the West this season. Like I, I, I'll introduce a caveat in the middle of this. This would, I don't know if this is good radio. Um, but like it does help that the Argos are there. I do think that like the Argos are by far the best team. So all of these numbers, when we look at them and try to use them to sort of say, Oh, look how good the East is. Look how not as good the West is. Uh, the fact that the reigning great cup champion, the best team in the league, the Toronto Argonauts are, are in the East is certainly uh, helping make that argument. I don't know that it's a strong argument without them, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Apparently the East has only won the division rivalry once in the past 17 years when they went 22 and 18 in 2015. 
what was happening in 2015? I got to check the standings here. I should have checked that before, obviously. Uh, 2015 CFL season standings. They are up, which I'm sort of surprised by, if I'm being honest with you. Okay. Ottawa was 12 and 6. Hamilton was 10 and 8. Toronto was 10 and 8. Montreal was 6 and 12. Yeah. And then the Riders were terrible at 3 and 15. And the Bombers at 5 and 13. So, yeah. Okay. There you go. Little little rundown of memory lane. I will have to get Ian Busby or or someone who remembers 2015. I started covering the the stamps in 2016, so uh, it was Scott Mitchell at the time for for the Sun covering it covering the stamps there. So that is not a time that I know a ton about, but interesting. Um, and of course, wins by Hamilton and Ottawa this week would put the East in a position to cross over in the playoffs, which I can't see happening. You know, at some point. At some point, you know, the Stamps or the Riders, they're going to get some games against the Elks. They're, they're going to start racking up some wins. I can't I can't really see. Um, just, yeah, I just can't. I, I can't see there being a crossover at the end of the season. I, I still, ultimately, I love Dustin Crum in Ottawa. I think we did see him, you know, come back down to earth a little bit uh, last weekend against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I mean, I say come back down to earth. Um, you know, they lost 16-12. That, that was not a great Dustin Carm performance, 13-22 for 158 yards through the air, and then 82-yard rushing. So I'm not saying it was a bad game, but the Ticats, obviously, with Bo Levi-Mitchell uh, going down. Sounds like it's not season-ending, but at least on the sixth game, you sort of struggle to see them sustaining, um, sustaining a, a good run, although that defense is legit. But look, if Ottawa beats Saskatchewan, which I, I think I'd pick Ottawa, on that's august 6th which i believe is sunday hamilton beating montreal i think you know after what i saw the montreal the way that they played played the stamps on the weekend i i I like that montreal defense so i I would pick montreal there but look it's interesting the east on the rise the west what's happening well i do think that the west is going to sort of be the focus this weekend i love this bc winnipeg game um that goes Thursday night. Obviously, the Lions beat the Bombers, beat the bricks off the Bombers, to be honest, earlier in the season. Um, that has led that led to the floodgates opening a little bit. It led to people like me saying the Bombers are too old. Um, they're slowing down. They've regressed. You know that that doesn't sit well in Winnipeg. I know that they're going to say they don't care. They, you know, they're, they're focused on the task at hand. It's week to week. It's the next opponent. All the normal cliches, and I respect that. That's what you got to say. But But you know that they want to go out. And, you know, prove at home against the Lions. Say, hey, no, we're still the team to beat here, guys. We're we're still we're still the best team in the West. But, you know, the Lions have shown, have shown what they do. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the FPP honor roll. Uh, I will be perfectly honest with you. I, I, I'm trying to pull it up here. I find the entire honor roll system to be utterly fpp it's not fpp it's pff but this entire honor roll system to be i don't say i think it's hilarious i'm not going to lose any sleep over it um for those of you who don't know the pff utilizes extensive review of game footage to provide additional context for every action on the field highly trained pff staff break down every game player and play to provide 200 unique data points which are used to compile player grades numerical representation up to 100 a performance at their specific position which is great it all sounds great it's just that somehow it resulted in Dane Evans, who started one game for the Lions, being the offensive player of July. Um, I mean, to each their own. I, look, I'm not going to question the 
BFF system. I know, I know the CFL people are super excited about it. They, they, they asked if I was interested in doing a story on it. I said, not until you get your everyday stats up, but like, it's, um, it's great that a quarterback who played, who started one game this season, um, or one game this month is the offensive player of the month. I don't have much more to say on that, but look, the Lions are good. That's fine. Look, the two best teams in the West facing off anytime that happens. Uh, I'm going to be up for it. Argo Stampeders on Friday. Um, Stamps only practice once this week, so we don't know a ton of what's going on there. I don't practice. I don't report from closed practices, so there's a lot that I, I sort of won't say about players being in and out. I wish that all of us didn't report from closed practices, but um, yeah, Stamps Argos, like the Argos are the best team. We've already talked about that. They're the best team in the league. They are. They have to fly from Halifax back to Toronto after Saturday's touchdown Atlantic game, and now they're flying back out to Calgary. There's a lot of flying. Um, Stamps also played Sunday, only had one practice this week. So um, both teams are kind of probably not going to be 100% at their best, but the Stamps desperately need a win. The Argos, all they do is win. So interesting there. Uh, Alouettes, Ticats, I don't know. I mean, maybe this will be good, but um, I don't. Honestly, I'm just going to move on. I don't have much to say about that. Maybe when Ryan Valentine gets in, he'll he'll talk about it. Beyond that, Red Blacks and Riders. Riders in that sort of similar position to the Stamps. You feel like, you know, you start winning a couple of these games if you're the Riders and you can pull away, create a little bit of distance between yourselves and the Stamps, but they don't have their quarterback situation sorted out with Trevor Harris down. That's a brutal break. Um, but they have Ottawa, Montreal, the Lions. Uh, this is not an easy this isn't as easy it's, none of these are as easy because the east is good again it's the best thing about these being good whether you think they're better or not you know it used to be you could sort of even a couple of years ago even last year it sort of felt like you'd go through the schedule and be like hey that's an automatic win that's an automatic win you can't do that anymore more parity in the league it's good news for all of us um that is something we are going to talk about with ryan ballantyne um ryan's been doing a really great job breaking some stuff down for for a three down nation um you know, it's important. There's less of us than ever covering the league. So having a, a voice like Ryan's matters. And, you know, we had Ian Busby here last week. We talked a lot about where the stamps are at. Ryan is unabashedly a stamp beaters fan. Um, enthusiastic about the team. If you, he will pick them to go undefeated every year. It's a bit of a joke. Um, but I wanted to get his perspective because he does cover it professionally, uh, does do the three down thing, but also does bring a little bit of a fan perspective. So, um, I want to talk to him about the various issues that are confronting Stampeders, as well as what he sees around the league. Because, um, as I said, I think there's parity. I think this is a fascinating time to be a CFL fan. And I also am aware that I've covered this league for seven years. The way that I am thinking in early August is pretty much never the way I'm thinking in mid-October. So, um, you know, loss can happen. I think that people thinking... Well, oh, write the stamps off. I think they're crazy. You can write the Elks off. You can write the Elks off. They're 0 and 8. They're not, they're not making the playoffs. We can write them off, unfortunately. Um, other than that, I think there's a lot, there's there's a lot of stuff that we still need to see play out, a lot of stuff that I'm interested in to see how it plays out. So let's go to Ryan. But before we do, um, a little bit of a twist here. We got a new sponsor. I wanna I wanna talk about Mugs Pub a little bit. Uh, located down 1330 15th Avenue Southwest. It's Beltline. Um, not that I don't know where it is. I have actually, I am a, I have been for many, many years. Many of my closest friendships were, were started at Muggs Pub. I have played Wednesday night trivia there. Um, I, I'm not currently playing, but played for many, many years. Started on one team, abandoned that team. Met my, my dear friend Anna at, at Muggs Pub. 
uh, through that. My, my dear friend Brad, like all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I love Mugs Pub. That's the fact I've got plenty of friends um, play there Wednesday nights and and who go there other days. I will say um, their their food is legit. Um, like they've got beer, they got wine, they got cocktails. Mugs is the real deal. But um, I am a big fan of of what they have on the menu. Uh, I used to get a fish and chips. Their pizza is absolutely exceptional. I I am a big fan of Mugs Pub's pizza. Um, you don't want to you don't want to split it with someone. Um, it's not really a single person pizza in my opinion. But uh, we're big fans of Mugs Pub. I, I don't know what else to say beyond it is truly Wednesday night is the best uh, is the best trivia night in the city. Um, is a great spot to watch sports. To be honest, watch the Stampeders, watch the rest of your CFL games. But um, you know. Feels you feel the community when you're at Mugs, so we are so pleased that they want to be part of our community, and uh, we're thrilled to have them as a sponsor. So, you know, let them know we sent you here from live from the 55. I will be there this weekend, probably devouring one of their pizzas. Um, anyways, here's Ryan Valentine. Let's go. All right, Ryan, I already did your introduction. I talked about how you are with Three Down Nation doing vital work, uh, breaking down this this interesting season. Part of what I love about you is that you are able to balance that sort of fan perspective um because you are a hardcore with honestly like being pretty real about the team so i checked it i have asked ian busby i've asked several sort of people over the last couple of weeks where are you at with this team and and i've generally gotten a the the answer has been they're they're gonna turn it around everyone is feeling like they're gonna turn it around it's just not happening i asked kadeem Carey yesterday he was like look man like some teams get hot late this hasn't been our time. I understand that. I also am now, since weirdly Sunday's game against Montreal, hearing a lot more pessimism. Pe- pessimism. Pessimism. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you got it. Where are you at? That was a long way of asking. Where are you at with the two and five St. Peter's team heading into August? Do I think it's possible that they fall to two and nine? Yes. I think it's possible they fall to two and nine. Do I think they won't make the playoffs? No. I think they still make the playoffs. I think if you look at the next four games, the next four games, you've got Toronto twice, Winnipeg and BC, I believe, uh, before the doubleheader against Labor Day. Um, Edmonton's not going to come close to the playoffs. Saskatchewan's not going to come close to the playoffs with Mason Fine at quarterback or Jake Dole, like they're not coming close. I love you. Do the same thing I do. You get you do get Jake Dole. Dole, Dole something. <laughs> yeah. Jake Dolega. Jake Jake Dole. Dole. I think it's Dole Gala, but yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not Jared Dagey. He's in Edmonton. Um, but or Seth Dagey, whichever Dagey's still in Edmonton. Um, but I, 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 Edmonton and Saskatchewan aren't coming close. Hamilton just lost Bo for another six weeks. So are they going to win any games? No. So do you have to be the sixth best team or the, or the best of the bad four and make the playoffs? Yes. Did they win the great cup at eight and 10? Yes, they did. Is it possible that this team could put everything together and be as good as possible and still come away with a championship this season? It's possible. And I still think that's still possible even at two and nine heading into Labor Day. I largely agree with you. Um, I honestly, to be honest, so they have Toronto, BC, and Vancouver. Then they have Winnipeg back home and then Toronto and Toronto. I actually, to be honest, this sounds crazy given sort of the the opposite directions that the Argos and Stamps seem to be going. 
I think that this weekend is is their best shot. Um, I, I really do think that Toronto always plays badly in Calgary. Um, they had to fly from Halifax to Toronto to Calgary. Mm-hmm. They also have a short week. There, there's just reasons why I, I don't think it's their fourth, fourth road game in a row. Yes. When you talk about the playoffs, and I'm I'm bouncing here, and I'm trying to do a better job of staying on one subject, but I, I kind of have to here. The CFL sent out their CFL this week. Wins by Hamilton and Ottawa this week would put the East in a position to cross over to the play, like to be the crossover team. So yep. we are not – it's not just Saskatchewan who they have to worry about being there. No, I, I agree. I agree. But a win by Hamilton – but the Hamilton wins have come with Bo at the helm. I mean, I guess they won one game when he was injured, but yeah, not they're not they're not good. I'm not worried about Hamilton crossing over to to beat ahead of Calgary. Hamilton's not, the one who just feels like they're definitely gonna drop off. And then at the same time, for all of the talk about Ottawa, I I, I said this in the intro, like Ottawa was not good against the Tigers. Well, but Ottawa, you're not worried about Ottawa if Hamilton drops off because Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto make the playoffs in the east. So you only have to worry about one team out east, and that'll be Hamilton. You have to worry about Saskatchewan. You have to worry about Edmonton. And neither of those teams, I would take the over on Calgary for Saskatchewan and Edmonton the rest of the way, regardless of the fact that I do think it's a very real possibility that this team is 2-9 and nine headed into Labor Day. And I still think that they could make the playoffs in the West. Yeah, I mean... They will win both Labor Day games, which would bring them to yeah. four and nine. Um, right. which is which like that helps. Um yep. do they have a third against Edmonton? I haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah, but they don't have a third against Edmonton, but they do have a season series against Saskatchewan. They have okay. a third one against Saskatchewan, and that one will be the season series because they only play three. Um, and that may be the game that decides who makes the playoffs in the West. It's a weird schedule. It's because really have- it it is. Because they have the two bye weeks after Labor Day, they just actually don't have that many games this fall. Like I, I no. I'm looking at it. They have Montreal at home, Hamilton and Hamilton, Sask at home, which is as you were saying, that's the season series game. That's good. That's a huge game. Um, yep. And then they're at Vancouver, and then Winnipeg's here. Like that's that's wild to me, to be honest. Um, but I think this team could – I think a team in the West could make the playoffs with six wins. Yep. And so can Calgary be 6-12? and 12? Yes. And I think they could. I think they absolutely can get to 6-12, and 12, and I think that might be enough to make the playoffs in the West. I mean, it doesn't think, even matter who they play. They just always are within – it always comes down to the last play of the game. Right, they always, they're just not converting on those last plays. Well, yeah, um, and, it, and I mean, you look at this team that's that's now two and five. Um, all of their losses, except uh, except BC and Winnipeg, so three of their three of their five losses are within one score. I mean, you got two overtime losses, and you have a um, and you have a loss last week there where you lose by four, and you had the ball in the red zone twice in the last in the last five minutes was Sunday's loss to the Alouettes the most discouraging of the year. Yes. Why? Yeah. Uh, I think because it's the, it was the same, it's the same mistakes that killed them. A pick Mm -hmm. six, 
right? That's your that's your difference. That pick six is your is your difference. The defense held the team across from them to five field goals. Yep. And that should be more than enough to win, especially when you score five field goals of your own. You know, it, special teams didn't allow a big return, as far as I remember. No, they? no, they didn't. And Tommy Rizzo no had a big return. Return. So they won they special got teams. Big returns. Yeah, they got big returns. I think they won in almost every phase, but the pick six was a was a killer. Um, and then the other interception in the uh, in the red zone towards the end of the game, which I think, honestly, that's a ball. If you go back to, to Bo Levi Mitchell, even struggling Bo Levi Mitchell as he was, that's a ball Bo throws away. That's not a ball Bo throws for a pick. Running across his body, throwing across into triple coverage, that's not a, a throw Bo makes. Um, and then you don't give the ball away. Yes, you're you're on third down now. Um, the drop from Tommy Lee Lewis, I mean, as good as he's been in specials, that drop where he's ahead of the marker to give them a first down inside the 10, and now it's third down and you have to throw a panic ball into the end zone. There I mean, that's so a, a massive mistake. The illegal participation penalty on Trey Odom Dukes, which effectively killed a drive. Um, yeah. There, there were at least yeah, two or back to back too many men in the huddle time count that yeah. took them from the nine to the 19, you know, exactly. it's the, the mistakes that they're making. Great teams get to make mistakes. Good teams don't. Mm -hmm. And I think the Stampeders are a good team that have made mistakes over and over and over again, that have cost them wins that they should have had. Does that. And I mean, this is something that is more a question that I, would ask try to ask a coach, but do confident teams make those mistakes? Like, is this a little bit? No, this team does not have the the confidence and just isn't locked in enough, and they're they're worried about the little things, and that's causing these other mistakes. Well, and Dave, Dave said that himself. Dave said that himself. He said, "Good teams make big plays. Good teams make good plays," and he said, "And right now." we're so worried about everything that we're not making good plays. And that allows us to build the confidence to, to make good plays. There's just something there and I'm not sure exactly what it is, um, but there's something in the room that's got these guys in hockey. You'd say they're squeezing the stick. Uh, that's not really a, a euphemism that I know translates immediately to football, but uh, these guys are uh, gripping the football or whatever it is, or, or they're just thinking too hard. They're not playing. And the only area, like the, the only thing I'd push back on with that a little bit is when you were in Florida, we, you know, we had this, yeah. you dialed in and I super appreciated that. And we, and we talked about at the time, uh, special teams coverage, just allowing touchdowns basically every game. And you made mm -hmm. the point, and I mean, it's a point I'd made as well, but we both sort of made the point that as long as they weren't allowing touchdowns, they looked great. Like they were almost giving up no yards unless they made the big mistake. And my thing is, I mean, I, I'm including the Ottawa game in this, but I, I didn't see the big plays against Montreal. I didn't see those, you know, those those big deep balls that that just sort of broke the game open. But I did against Ottawa. It was like they looked good unless mm -hmm. they were shooting themselves in the foot, and that's what I find to be like frustrating. And I'm, I'm I'm trying to get a read, and I do think the confidence thing goes a long way towards explaining it because ninety. I mean, I don't know that I have the confidence constantly of them putting together long drives, but I feel like this team is absolutely. They've shown that they're capable of of hitting you where it hurts. It's just, they also do it to themselves. Like it's, it's, it's almost the like, okay, cut out the mistakes. And, and I think this team's flying. I, I do think that the difference between this team probably being four and three, not five and two, but like four and three versus two and five is, is kind of, is 
just it's razor thin. States. Yeah, it's and yeah. it's it's largely, unfortunately, like it feels like it's they've they've done it to themselves. Like and Jake knows not to throw that pick three, six ball. Jake Jake knows not three, to throw that ball. Think that that's there. You you no. don't you're not worried about confidence. You're not worried about the long run. You're even looking at this next stretch and saying, yeah, it's a tough stretch, but maybe they get a win in there somewhere. You know, I still think that this team is capable of beating Winnipeg and BC. I think this team is capable of beating Toronto. You know, I, I think having Corey Mace as the defensive coordinator in a system that that they're very familiar with, and and this is this is obviously the most incestuous of the matchups within the CFL right now, um, because this is a team of of Stampeder coaches versus former Stampeder coaches, Stampeder players versus former Stampeder players. Chad Kelly being the 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 you know, it's Chad Kelly being the differentiator there. Um, but I think it's very possible that Calgary comes out and offers Toronto a very competitive game. On, they offered on everyone competitive games. Like even that Bombers game, which is the other one that sticks out, until the fourth quarter. Yes. Where the Bombers offense just stayed on the field for the entire time. Like they, they right. the Stamps were in that game. Um, I'm going to ask you a quick on the, this just came up. I've got Twitter up in front okay. of me. If you are the Stampeders, is this a move you are looking to make? The Argos announced today the release of American wide receiver Marquis Thambles. Former Stampeder. Play here for a little while. No. 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 I think Marquis Thambles is a good receiver. I don't – yeah, I, I wouldn't take anything away from him in that way. Um, I, I think maybe <sighs> – Marquis, if he's your third receiver, you're good, right? Like if he's your third option. On Monday, if it's on Monday, maybe I do sign him just for the Oppo research. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think if it's on Monday, maybe I do sign him just to get him in the building and and break down Toronto's offensive scheme um, for defensive coaches. Uh, I think maybe you know, and and maybe that's there, Um, but I don't know that you're really suffering an American receiver now that you've brought back Mark and Michelle. And that Tommy Lee Lewis is getting into games. Um, Ambles is a good slot back, but I think you've got Clark Barnes, who's performed beyond expectations, far great. beyond expectations. I don't understand why he is a target always on their final draw drive of the game. Like I feel like potentially go to Reggie or Martin well, because he's the guy that's that's making catch. He's making catches at 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 or better a rate than the other guys are. Um, don't know that that's how I'd be drawing it up on those final. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not. But I think at the same time, defenses are going to be covering Mark and Michelle more than they're covering Clark Barnes. Yeah. They're going to be covering Reggie more than they're covering Clark Barnes. So is Clark Barnes getting favorable coverage? Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know that he's disappointed me enough. I used to, I used to grumble about Anthony. I'm not saying Clark Barnes has been disappointing. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I I used to grumble about Anthony Parker because I felt like in crunch time, he dropped the ball a lot. Um, I don't feel that way about Clark Barnes. That's not the way that I feel about Clark Barnes after watching him play. And I think he's a legitimate, I think he's going to be the guy that everybody regrets passing on in those first two rounds in the CFL draft. I right now, having done little to no research on who the other options are. He'll be rookie would, of the year. hundred percent. He'd be my, I mean, yeah. he's, he's definitely the stamps rookie of the year. I like, I, 
when I am in no way taking away from Clark Barnes. There are just there have been a couple times where I've been like, huh, it's odd that the ball went his way at the pivotal point of the game. You normally want it in your best player's hands. At the same time, I did not check to see how triple covered Reggie Bagleton was in those plays. Right. Um, right. I fully understand that. And the stamps on on their final drive on Sunday tried to go deep on two consecutive plays, which I was a little bit surprised by. And those are actually things where I like this is just me calling out myself for my own hypocrisy. Those are plays where I'm like, why not just go underneath to Clark Barnes and get eight yards and extend? You right. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm full of it a little bit. Um, but you think they got a shot against the Argos? Look, I um, any any given team, any given day. Sure. Um, am I taking the under on the spread? Um, am I taking the stamps to cover? Yes. I'm taking the yep. stamps to cover. Um, I the Argos have been so good, but at the same, I think they had a the game against Ottawa. I think it was, um, or maybe Montreal, where it was a lot closer than everybody expected it to be uh, on the Toronto schedule. Um, so I mean, it's possible that the road, the wear and tear, everything, you know, coming fresh out of the locker room, I think Toronto beats Calgary right now. Um, if they're a hundred percent coming out of the locker room, they beat Calgary. If a lot of these questionables on the on the Stampeders injury report today become outs i i like their chances a lot less um than i like them right now yeah so i don't i don't i mean i do want to talk other cfl things but i i you brought up the injury report and it's it's a good thing kadeem carry questionable i expect kadeem carry to play i'll be straight up with you this is we're recording this on wednesday that all could change but i feel pretty confident that he's going to be in there having spoken with him and having him like he didn't give me any indication that he wasn't playing said he was excited aaron crawford um questionable i don't know how much people want us to talk about the long snapper on, uh, well they, they signed another long snapper and, exactly. and not for nothing long snapper is a very underrated position i know i love luck man i'm with. intending on having chevy on here i am not talking in any way badly about long i keep i feel like i keep accidentally saying offensive things about Clark Barnes. Oh, but I, you're right. You're right. I don't think anybody's looking at the long snapper, but they did sign another one today. They did. So that's they a brought him in. Indication there, and Crawford's a, in trouble. A 30 year old. Well, what Dickinson literally said to us this afternoon was he was like, "We need someone." Right. If Aaron can't go, he's like, "It's a muscle pull." He's played through muscle pulls before, but like, if he can't, we do need someone who can long snap the ball. So, Jalen right. Stukes questionable with a rib thing. Um, Again, they've only got one practice this week. It was a closed practice. I am not at liberty to report on anything that I saw. So um, I'm just not going to say anything on that. But Dukes has been a really important. Honestly, I think he's a guy. He's one of the guys who I would say lived up to expectations so far this season. Like a big. Yeah, I I would say Odom's Dukes is another reason why you don't need Markeith Ambles. Yes. I mean, they they decide they chose between Ambles and and Odom's Dukes before, and they made their choice. They chose out Odom's Dukes. Is that what happened? I mean, I when you they were both on the team at the same time. One guy's not here anymore, and the other guy is. No. Ambles, Ambles Dukes, Dukes was around when Ambles was here. Trayvon Dukes joined last year. Ambles Ambles left for the Argos. I think Odom's Dukes was practice roster the year before that. I wish oh, there was I, a way I to check that. that. Um, yeah. uh, you know what? You're not either way. The point is yeah. last year. I mean, last year they had Kamara. They had. Reggie, bizarre. Right. Um, Colin Huntrack, questionable. Cam Judge, questionable. I'm not commenting on that right now. Um, Dietrich Miller. Twitter has comments that I won't make either. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
Diedrich Mel's uh, illness that consistent with what Dave told us. So, you know, it's, I think that they would like to have Kadeem and Diedrich back like in there because Diedrich or Kadeem is coming off a six weeks injury. You probably don't want to have him have too much of a workload. Um, right. But the reality is it's not going to matter if the Argos get ahead early because you're not going to be running the ball. So, um, you know, that's another thing entirely, but yes, uh, Cole Tucker out, um, Perry young, that's questionable with a head thing. So who knows, but yeah, it's, it's, they're banged up. They got 13 players on the six game injured list. Um, they are, this is not, this is not an ideal, this is not an ideal situation. As you said, it's a puncher's chance. You sort of feel like, all right, they can do it. I see no indication that they are any better or worse against the best teams versus the worst teams in the league. Um, it's next week against the lions where I'm a little bit worried about what happens. Um, I think in Vancouver, that lions team, that D line has been good. And I, I didn't love what I saw from, from the O line. Um, now, how do you feel about, <laughs> like, honestly, I laughed so hard when I saw that of all the players who played in the CFL in July, the, the pro football focused player grades determined that Dane Evans, who started one game, was the offensive player who deserved recognition. I mean, just shout out Dane Evans, man. Like, just a round of applause for Dane. Yeah, just, just look. I uh, I find this pro football focus thing very interesting. I th- can you are you covering your mic? Can you just check that real quick? You just oh, sorry. I think I might have turned away a little bit. This okay. mic is very directionally sensitive. Um, I think that the pro football focus grades are an interesting wrinkle to be adding to the CFL stat picture. <laughs> and I think we also are focusing on them a lot more because we don't know historically whatever happened before. Um, I read an obviously AI generated article yesterday uh, that was so full of errors. I could only ascribe it to the fact that they were looking at the current CFL stat website. Um, <laughs> it, it said that the Alouettes had been playing since 1996, but were also entering their second season. Um, so, which was hilarious to me. Uh, Robots are not going to take our jobs. No, no, I'm I'm so glad that you and I are human beings, and I'm not talking to a uh, podcast GPT uh, CFL site. Um, But I think I think when you look at at the Pro Football Focus, could he have got the highest grade of any player in the month? Sure, he could have. It's entirely possible. I mean, Rene Paredes, who by the way kicked. Three 50-plus-yard field goals in his 5-for-5 day. Scored all of his team points. He got a grade of 85. His grade was 85 as a kicker out of 100. I'm not sure what more Rene Paredes could do to improve his grade than kick 5-for-5, including 3-from-50+, plus, and score all of his team's points. What, what makes it a 100-point day? For a kicker, I I don't understand the pro football focus methodology, no. um, but I do think it's still good for the CFL that they're publishing these grades because it football nerds in other countries go, oh, what's the CFL, and maybe turn it on. 
And that's I mean, the only thing I, I find of value in this process. Like, I have no anger towards these grades. Like, I can't tell you nope. the way that I literally was like, huh, Dane Evans, and like laughed. Like, I, I'm sure. not mad about it. I'm not trying to pick a fight. It's And I guess Dane Evans, I mean, he played most of a second game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like... <laughs> Is anybody game, playing more than one game at quarterback anymore other than Jake Mayer, though? That's true. There's Jake Mayer, there's Zach Caleros, and nobody else plays more than one game of quarterback a month anymore. It is objectively absurd that 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 Dane Evans had the best month of any offensive player in the CML. It's like it's just wrong. And there's one guy who gets so mad at me on Twitter anytime I bring it up to the point where like I want to know his deal. Like I I, I, I want to hunt up with him. I want to hang out. Excuse me. Um, but like, like he, again, <laughs> they literally, they're like QB Dane Evans, you know, a little slash. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah president. And this is Crunchyroll presents the anime effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. BC Lions 3-0 in July, 6-1 overall. They don't even, like, next to him give him his stats, really. Like, they are, they right. are so aware that it's crazy. And this is not that big a deal. Like this, I don't think this really hurts anybody. No, and it's going to lead to a follow up question a bit. Like, who cares that Dave Evans was absurdly awarded for for starting one game? But it is like, it's the most CFL thing possible. We couldn't just use PFF as like a way to educate fans. It has to be central to the way we evaluate players and make them stars, which I don't right. think is what its purpose is. I think it's purposes for like coaching to be like, oh yeah, we're grading how 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 guys not like how guys do their job. It it's it's a move towards an analytics culture that I don't know that they're ready for. I mean, why? Because they have no stats online and you can't actually compare any historical data from one season <laughs> to another. 
There's that. <laughs> There's that. Um, it's a little thing. But I mean, I just, maybe it's just, I don't know more enough about the methodology. But I think that's on pro football focus to explain their methodology. Tell me why this guy got this grade. Walk yeah. me through, put out a YouTube video and say, this is why, you know, this is why this player's got this grade. This is specifically what we're looking for when we're grading plays. And this is why these players got these grades. And I'm all for it. I want to know. Some of that stuff, like, there's a podcast that, again, this random guy on Twitter. Do I have to say X? Do I say X now? Um, oh, God, no. No, we're going to we're gonna stick with Twitter. Um, Look, I'm, I'm not, in, in a lot of places in my life, I will not dead name something. This is one where I will stick to this name forever and ever. Amen. 100%. It's always going to be Twitter. And it's always going to be that I tweeted something. And hopefully yep. someday some benevolent billionaire will buy the site and restore it to its former glory of cesspool and hatred. But at least it wasn't dumb too. I've said this before, but like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, no, I, I don't like the direction the site's going. I don't like Elon Musk. I don't like anything. It's like, I'm damn near 40 years old. I'm not joining threads. Like, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on threads. You can find me on threads. So I'm that sure I can you are. Say I was a day one adopter of threads. But the next thread I post will be the day after Twitter dies. Exactly. I'm just, I'm not. And like, good on anyone who wants to go try out other social media. Yeah. I'm like. I'm on all of them. I've got Post. I've got Blue Sky. I've got. Um, I'm not. The second them. I'm like, danny.austin.bluesky.org. I'm like, nah, man, it's too much. I need, <laughs> I yep. need a username. Um, okay. The PFF thing. Okay. All I was going to say is like, yes, they actually, like, there are. You can, we could figure this out. Right. Like we could like go watch and, and I fully will. It doesn't do my job any good. Like this is something the CFL is pushing. I don't need the right. PFF player grades like to be better at writing about the Calgary St. Peters on a closed practice. It doesn't do me any good. However, like again, all for it, bring it in. I'm not actually criticizing. It's hilarious, but I'm, we're not. It's, no. it's clearly being misused a little bit in terms of this honor role system in, in my opinion, but I don't care. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, I will also quickly note just to cover my a cover my, my butt. Um, trying not to swear on the show. Um, like I was offered an interview with a PFF or like employee, like to help like explain some of it and stuff. And I declined because until we have actual stats online, I just don't. I'm not like interested in pushing this agenda of PFF when the basic stuff that I like if the core competence competencies aren't being taken care of, I'm not going to go like go rah, rah, rah. Look at this new thing. Tell me how many yeah. receiving yards a guy has, you know? Yeah. I, I, I would love to know things like uh, receiving targets versus, versus completions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's some, that's a stat that exists. Um, and I would like to be able to search that at any time. Um, yep. And it just, I, I, it's such, it's such a failure of the league. I and I, I know there are people who tweet me when I, when I talk about this and they're like, nobody cares. I'm like, yes, people care. 100%. And I think, I think people have just dismissed the idea that they need to look now and, and gotten used to the idea that the CFL doesn't, a professional sports league can't put their web, their stats on their website. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. And, and people should be angry about it, and we are angry about it. Um, yeah, all the time. 
Yeah. Um, and like I, I will honestly, I try to make a point of mentioning it in every article I write and talking about it in every podcast because it's yep. it's uh, obscene and this league is better than that. Like that's yeah. Rene Paredes is over two thousand points. Prove it. Yep. Show me um, on your website, not not somebody else's. Who I have to go to, thanks to statsdb.com. Um, we are who we've all learned about this year. Um, okay, to move on. Yes. Your MLP so far. We are we're in week nine, which isn't actually halfway through the season. It, it would like be nice if it was, but is there? I mean, is it is it Chad Kelly? I think it might be Chad Kelly. And and I like and I don't even I don't even want to be like, oh, I don't want to say it's Chad Kelly. The guy's undefeated. The guy's the quarterback on the undefeated team. That's yep. the guy who gets to be MOP every time. Every time. It's generally how we do things, right? Um yep. I, I will say, and I, I'm trying to pull up the the stat here. I don't think Matthew Betts has had a sack and oh, he's got 10 now. Yeah. There's a level where I'm willing to talk about bats. If sure, but you're you're talking about east versus west to start. That's with. true. Yeah, um, um, and it, it amazes me. It amazes me when we say things like, "Oh, Matthew Betts has ten sacks." I always, I always, I've I've had way too many offensive linemen on my podcast over the years to not have adopted the mentality that mm-hmm. like Matthew Betts has done his job ten times. In nine games, like in seven games. That's what people used to say about Lemon, and it's not true. I understand that. I understand that. But the 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 overall threshold of you know Matthew Betts got to the quarterback ten times. Um, I'd be curious to see pressures, I'd be curious to see how he grades out in that pro football focus uh stat way. Um, but Matthew Betts very successful. Chad Kelly gets the ball in his hands every single play and has gone off on every team he's played so far in the cfl so now, the opposite, like you ever talk to a db and they'll be like oh no we actually have to be switched on for every play the receivers generally know if it's coming to them or not like if they're doing yeah. Um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's the they'll, opposite they'll, there, right? it could come to us every time a receiver knows whether or not it's coming to him exactly every time. Yeah. yeah um yeah. i mean it's just it's interesting like just there's so long to go. So this is why, I mean, I, I just, you know, I listen to enough podcasts in other sports in, in the CFL, you always get shouted down for talking early about award stuff. But I mean, I think it's like, an, it's an interesting framing device that I like. And it's like yeah. in the NBA, I'm talking at the end of December about who's been the best player so far. So that's why I'm doing it. I recognize like it's, are we punishing Zach a little bit for, for being so good the last couple of years. Cause like the, the bombers have regressed slightly. I think we all agree with that, but I don't know that I've seen Zach Caleros necessarily step back. He's still second in the league <laughs> behind Jake Mayer in passing yards. Um, I think, I think Zach is, is yes. Zach's going to eat a little bit of the idea that he's been the MOP two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how it's going to go. When we're gonna do you have to live up to your own standard. And mm-hmm. if you've fallen off from your own standard, then where are you? You know, I I've I've eaten a lot of uh uh well, we're not cursing on this show, so make up your own thing. You can uh, curse, in, I just don't want to curse three down chat you curse. in the in the three down chat about the standard of the Calgary Stampeders, and they said, Has anyone fallen off harder? from a ticket standpoint, from a quality on the field, from a win standpoint, <laughs> excuse me, than the stamps. And that's a that's a legitimate take right now. 
year over year? Is that the argument? The year over year, the stamps are the ones that have fallen off. The right now, that the Stampeders, if you look at Great Cup twenty nine or Great Cup twenty eighteen to now, have from an attendance standpoint and a result standpoint, has any team declined as steadily as the Stampeders have? And you know, I, I mean, also kind of made like up there. They have further to drop because they were on top, right? Right. So yeah. the Riders being a mediocre team and now being a slightly worse mediocre team. Like, right. I mean, okay, cool. Um, Like the Stamps went from like hypothetically one to six. The Riders went from four to six. So of course the Stampeders mathematically right. fell further. No, but, yeah, I, I know. I, it, was just, it was just an interesting argument. No, well, have. the uh, attendance uh, thing is, is fascinating and is one that um, I struggle to explain. Uh, to be perfectly beyond, like, I don't know why the COVID of it all seems to have disproportionately affected the stamps. Um, but there does seem to be a slight disconnection between the community and the team. Um, I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that Calgary doesn't have, um, or Alberta in general may have a disproportionate number of vaccine denying football fans. Um, and then when they said you have to have the vaccine to go to a game, uh, I don't know how many people canceled their tickets and said they'd never go again and whether or not that is disproportionate to other markets. I don't know. It's a hunch. You're just asking questions. You're just it's asking a hunch questions. I have. Um, yeah. And not even like asking questions in a shitty Tucker Carlson way where I'm trying to get you to think one thing or another. But it is a hunch I have that the Stampeders lost a lot of ticket uh, accounts um, that weren't replaced when they uh, they went with the vaccine mandate like every, like they should have and was correct to do at the time but how many fans didn't come back because of that in that moment yeah and i mean i think that there's a there's a visibility issue in town there, there's a lot of there's the, the stadium does obviously contribute um yeah it's but i like i can't sit here and i mean i i haven't gone back but i i am 2016 when I started in 2017, I certainly would have guessed that on average, the stamps are probably around 27,000. Like that was. Uh, yeah, I think, I think they've gone from uh, 22 was 2019 uh, down to 14 or 15 now. Um, so they've lost half no, I did, lost I did the, of their attendance in three years or something. That may be season ticket holders. Uh, they are averaging. Right. But overall attendance. Yeah. Yeah, overall attendance. They're averaging like I, I did the math, and I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I did do it for my my ten takeaways, and I believe that they're averaging between twenty one and twenty two thousand so far. They had a SAS game where they had twenty five. They've only had three right. home games, so this is pretty easy to do. Mm -hmm. Their season opener was seventeen, and then they had just under twenty two for um, the Ottawa game. So like it's it that's why they're. Well, I'm I'm talking about to to for, sorry yes for season ticket holder base, but also in overall attendance, and I I mean. I could try and pull it up. Um, well, yeah, I mean, look. But this, you're that, right. That, I think they they are falling off. Now, granted, they did have a great cup year in there, and that always gooses the sales for the year because people buy tickets for the year. They get announced for the year so that they could have the access to the great cup ticket, and then it falls off after that. Um, yeah. And they had a great cup year in 2019. Um, so you lose I mean, a season in 2020. You, you lose the – it, it does end up being an issue, I think, when coming off the Grey Cup hangover that you can't build on the idea of, hey, you came to the Grey Cup, had a great time. But I think fans from other markets that buy those cheap season tickets 
certainly are to get a great cup ticket certainly aren't renewing them. No, I think that's that's accurate. And I mean, I think it's 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 strange being in the middle of it, as both you and I are. Um, right. Because on the one hand, the decline in Edmonton just means that sort of what's happening with 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 the stamps, both at the box office as well as sort of I mean, they're two and five. As you said, they might be two and nine. We think that they'll probably make the playoffs still, but you know, that that all of that is is probably flying a little under the radar because the team three hours to the north is so much worse. It um, is great being the best team in the province. Which is, um, I mean, it's I mean, what a Labor Day classic we're going to have this year. Um, and I don't think it matters what the records are. I still think Labor Day no, classic is going to be 60 to 57 somehow. Yeah, it's going to be um, amazing. And I can't wait. And like, it's my favorite day of the year. And if, you know, if you're some casual fan who inexplicably is listening 50 minutes into a, a CFL podcast, I, I strongly suggest you go to the game. But I, I think. Alternatively, like I saw Arash, Arash Madani tweeted, and I, I like Arash a lot, so this is not a criticism, but he was like, oh, the Stamps have been a reputation team since since 2019, this and that. And I was like, my, my issue with that is who has been saying that the Stamps, like other than like you jokingly, like we've all been sort of like being like, yeah, the Stamps aren't quite what they were. Like we've all acknowledged that. There's no like, yeah. like they've just, they've made the playoffs. They've been the second or third best team in the division every year, but no one, I don't think any of us have been stating that they're any better than that. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that anybody has. No, so I don't it's like think what that anybody's looked at this team and said absolute world beaters. No, you and know? what I don't know is, I mean, I think that there are a lot of fans, and this is sort of faded because, I mean, who else other than us are going to be talking about it? But there were questions this year about the offseason. Now, no matter what, the stamps could not have signed Fuller or Malade, like re signed him without. Mm -hmm literally like breaking every CFL salary cap rule that the Argos had more money because Chad Kelly is getting paid rookie contract money. Like their right. quarterback, they just had more money because that's, so they went out and made him the highest paid defensive end in the league. And then they brought in James Waters. Like they brought in Hauser. They let Clement walk. But I think that there is a sense that this is the year where fans were like, we don't care about the continuity continuity at all. And I, I will in particular say that I think that like the not resigning Jameer Thurman, I've spoken with fans who are annoyed about that, who who really don't who who believe that that continuity matters year over year, and especially a guy who is clearly a leader. I mean, if anyone goes back, go back. I requested Bo. We had a scrum with him at the end of last year before his last home game, and Jameer walked out and wouldn't allow Bo to be cool. Like he mm -hmm. made a big deal and like just showed up and talked about how much Bo mattered to him as his quarterback, and like it was it was emotional, and it was like that's leadership. Where, where he knew Bo couldn't bring the attention on himself, so he put, put, put the attention. That stuff matters. And I do think that there's a sense that you look and you see Toronto as the best team in the league, and you see their roster populated with former stamps. And it's like, well, why can't we keep these guys? And, and I yeah. think that has hit the fan base a little bit. I think I think when... Mike? My, Mike. my understanding of the Vodders situation um, and Thurman... Uh, was that Vodders got the money Thurman could have got. Um, and that they chose Vodders over Thurman, essentially one for one. Because Lemon was not making real money last year. Lemon was making, you know, um, less than they probably would have brought in House Air for. Um, Lemon was making no money. and and But Thurman was was doing well in that linebacker position. And I think they decided that a guy like Silas Stewart was probably more easily able to step in 
and see a drop-off from Thurman to Stewart. And now we've got Thurman to Awe. And is there a substantial drop-off on the field from Thurman to Awe? Not, not really. I think they knew they were losing Oromolade. And so they brought in Vodders and spent the money on Vodders as a as a guy that was was ready to to step in. And Vodders had five sacks in six games. Vodders was yeah. good through his before yeah. getting hurt. Vodders um, was good before he got hurt. So I think that's where the money got spent on the defense was was you know trying to find a replacement for for Oramolade, which ended up being Vodders, and they. Sean Lemon was never going to sign here for what he probably ended up signing for in Montreal. And again, because the CFL is so great with releasing information, I have to do that all on speculation. I have no idea what Sean Lemon's making. Maybe Sean Lemon signed a prorated $600,000 contract. I can't tell you because I don't know because the information's not public. Like it is in every other major sports league in the world where all of the salaries are public all the time. But that's a totally different rant and rave um you're 100 right on that it would, I mean, I it would mean it would mean i could look at the the players in toronto and go oh well that's why we don't have them yeah. you know we don't have them because they're making so much more money and because this is where they're saving money because they've got all these younger rookies that they weren't paying anything and yeah it's it's great that they've got all these former stamps that are doing damage around the league but you know they're they're paying those guys massive money but they're not paying everybody else and they're just getting results from those guys, you know, is, is that something that, that, you know, and from a team building perspective at the end of every year, we say the team with the best O line and the best D line right. typically is the one that wins. Um, the stamps have a incredibly expensive offensive line, uh, particularly the interior. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're paying their D line. So like, I, I, I have no fault with it. And the whole Vodders Thurman thing, I've sort of heard that as a rumor, but I like, I can't substantiate it as a, as a reporter, obviously like officially. Right. Um, but I mean, there's some logic to it that that's the way it, it certainly sounds. And look, I, there are just parts of me where, as we said, like you, you go through and you, you get lost in the weasel. But the fact is like, I do think that it, it, it's a lot of it is just ex execution with these stampeders right now. Yeah. That's what we're waiting for. And it, they need a win. They need a win in a way that will carry over from week to week. Well, and my thing is I thought that the win against the Riders a couple weeks ago was, and then it just got, they, they, they couldn't beat the Red Blacks, even though they should have won that game. And then that momentum carried into a pretty rough Alouettes game where again, the difference was it's not as simple as this, but I'm not a football coach. So I'm not trying to break this down. Look, man, there was a pick six. That was like literally the difference in the game. Yeah. Like the defense else. allowed zero touchdowns. Yeah. And the offense so, scored zero touchdowns. Exactly. Those, those two things together are are what, what's gonna do it for you. Can um, I can I keep you for three more minutes? Because I've kept you longer than I said I well, I don't actually know that we um I try to do this thing where I just look ahead at the rest of the week. Um, all right. Normally I'm like, okay, what's your game of the week? But the game of the week is clearly lying <laughs> bombers. So just rank for me in order of interest. Lions Bombers on Thursday night. We're not going to include Toronto Calgary here because we've spent that much time. You have on Saturday, Montreal Hamilton. And then on Sunday, Ottawa, Saskatchewan. Rank in, turn, in order of number one to number three. What's the most interesting to you? Okay, so for me as a Stampeders fan, for yes. me as a Stampeders fan, 
the Lions Bombers game is last. Because <laughs> you're not tapping other teams. Great game. I think that's going to be a great game, but that game doesn't matter to the Stampeders as far as the standings are concerned. That game doesn't matter. Okay. You need you need Ottawa. Uh, you need Ottawa to beat the Riders. So I'm very interested in that game because that's the team we're immediately chasing for a playoff spot as a Stamps fan. And you need Hamilton to lose uh, as well to, to, you know, all this crossover nonsense that everybody's been talking about. So those two games are games I'm I'm more interested in as a Stamps fan because I need to to have the implicate the standings implications of those two games. Just imagine everything is playing out exactly as it is, like exactly as it is. So like there's a possibility of, you know, Hamilton being the team that's trying to get the crossover. And we are mid-October, and the friggin' CFL schedule makers did their job properly. And the Ticats are coming with Bo Levi Mitchell to Calgary with the crossover on the line. <laughs> how much fun would that be, and how are we not getting that? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't believe I am, the CFL schedule was released before Bo signed. I know. I know. So everyone's heaping on the CFL schedule makers, but it was done already. It's a nine team league. Every team should play home and away against every other team. It's not that complicated. Well, yes, yes. You should be playing home and away against every other team. That's absolutely true. I think you reserve your Labor Day matchup um, for an extra game. You put your Labor Day rivalries in and you have that extra game. And there's one team that's obviously not going to be included in that. And, you know, I don't know who, I, I mean, for me, that's probably that's probably Ottawa. That's not included in the Labor Day. Why not do? I Montreal mean, you've got Ottawa. you've got three that matter. You've got three that matter. Three Labor Day games that matter, yeah, and the other have, the other one never does. Yeah, obviously, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Sask, and then Toronto, Hamilton. I don't know. Like, I don't. Oh, mind I was gonna say. I was gonna say BC, Montreal, <sighs> Toronto, Hamilton. What's that? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> But those um, are the three Labor Day matchups that matter. Um, I think that's where you you schedule your other game. Um, you know, you put in that rivalry game, you put in that rivalry week. Uh, but yes, home and away is the one that makes most sense. It also makes the most sense, quite frankly, to go to one division. But they're not going to do that anytime soon either. Um, you know, go to one division, have the best six teams make the playoffs, and your top two teams, no matter what conference they're from, get a bye. Um, but that's not going to happen either. Um, speaking of things that shouldn't happen, here, you can mull this one over and we'll talk about it the next time. Um, the Elks should fire everyone and pay the salary cap penalty and forfeit three draft picks just to get rid of everybody in the front office. Fire the whole coaching staff. <laughs> I, said this, I said this on Sunday. No, the CFL should just be like, cool, we're looking the other way only for the Elks. No, no, the wrong, coaching staff, wrong. Yes, the that CFL is the solution. Should, no, the CFL needs to hold them to it, but the Elks, for their fan base, should come out and say, we fired everybody, we fired everybody, we're starting over, and we're going to forfeit three draft picks in this draft to show how serious we are about getting the right coaching staff and the right people in place. And it cost us an extra $350,000 in fines because that's the maximum fine that you can pay. You pay $100,000 for dollar on the first $100,000 and you pay a maximum of two fifty dollars for everything after that. You dump everything in, you get rid of them all, you forfeit three draft picks and you blow it up to show the fans 
that you actually give a shit about blowing it up and making it right. And, and you care about winning that much. Um, and that's, that's in my opinion, what they should be doing in Edmonton, take the fines, forfeit some draft picks and blow it up. I mean, These are COVID college kids. Anyway, they're not going to be as good as the rest of them are in two years. Anyway, this is the time to forfeit draft picks. I think they should do so. I, you know what? Ryan Valentine. I like it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it wouldn't make me mad. I have not heard of many CFL owners being like super hyped about spending $350,000 on anything. They're not owners. Uh, they're a board. It's a community team. You, you, you do that and you bring back fans into the building that are leaving under in droves because of what Chris Jones has done to this team. My talking about Fraser and Fig. <laughs> um, Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my ad read once I let you go, but I am gonna let you go. I, I find it fascinating. I don't have enough of a thought on it to super like I like just, I said, you, you let that percolate. You let that percolate, and by the end of the season, you'll agree with me. I hope so, man. Thank you so much for your time. This is the best. Um, this is the best. Uh I will be seeing you at the game Friday, I assume. Yes, sir. All right, man. I can't wait and uh, super appreciate you. It's such a weird week. Like the fact that tomorrow we're getting depth charts released tomorrow morning is like, all right. Yeah. It seems, seems soon. Seems soon. Yep. Um, too soon. But honestly, as I said, the, like it's a short week for the stamps and honestly, it's not that much longer of a week for the Argos. So there's no advantage here. So true. Um, and they don't have to come from Newfoundland. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, Either did the Argos. They came from Nova Scotia, but um, well, sorry, Nova Scotia. Yeah, Newfoundland's the time zone. That's half an hour ahead. That's all I know. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much, man. I'll let you go here. Take care. Pleasure as always. Talk Bye. soon. All right, that was Ryan Valentine. Um, gonna really quickly just talk about Fraser and Fig because I love Fraser and Fig. They are our longtime sponsor here at Live from the Fifty Five. They're here in Martelloup, our neighbor here in Calgary. Um, you know they do delicious elevated cheese and charcuterie fresh artisanal provisions on demand grazing for pickup and delivery so i said honestly man like these guys charcuterie cheese everything you want like honestly you can have it as a snack you can bring it make an occasion of it um fraser and fig is is the best i have brought it to a picnic there are there are many plans for myself cami kepke and busby john bender they all love fraser and fig and we're all going to eat it here and you guys are going to see um you know they're call them up you order it they get it ready for you. It doesn't take long. Um, they've got poor sizes. They suit every occasion. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, carrots, and their selections vary month to month. So honestly, just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. Um, I don't know. I just can't recommend Fraser and Fig enough. We are super grateful. They have an amazing product. And and honestly, um, I have recently had a someone very dear to me tell me that they had ordered fraser and fig because they heard it on the podcast and that means a lot thank you guys for doing that try them out they honestly do will elevate whatever you are doing whether it's a picnic it's a date a dinner party whatever it is fraser and fig they are the best thank you fraser and fig with that said there you go we're kind of wrapping up here um fun week nine ahead you got lions bombers thursday night can't wait for that one argos st peter's here in calgary Alouettes, Ticats, and then Red Blacks and Riders. So um, lots going on. 
going to be a big week. I just, I don't know. This Lions-Bombers game, can't wait for that one. I got, I have a feeling the Bombers are going to come out looking for revenge. They're going to, they're going to want to make a statement, and that is going to be super fun. So, um, guys, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You're live from the 55. I am Danny Austin. That was Ryan Ballantyne. Honestly, we're so grateful to have Mugs Pub on as a sponsor. Uh, do check them out, 1330 15th Avenue Southwest. As I said, their pizza, incredible. But they got lots of beer, lots of wine, lots of cocktails. Anything you can ask for from a pub, perfect place to watch the game. Potentially that uh, Farmers-Lions game. Or if for some reason you're not coming to the Stamps, Argos, go to, go to Mugs Pub and, and check it out. But super thankful to them as well as Fraser and Fig. Um, guys, this has been live from 55. Thank you so much. Bye. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.